0: Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. You're the Cubs signed Trey Mancini. Yes, even after they signed Eric Cosmer. Despite having Matt Mervis mashing in the Miners' home for Cubs news updates and banter, we're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, and apparently I can't say banter today. And you can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about every Cubs MLB signing everything you need to know about Cubs convention and more for Bleed Cubby Blue. And as always, I am joined by the one and only Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny?
1: I am just about recovered from last weekend at Cubs Convention. I'm, it's it's going that way. I'm feeling uh, I'm I'm feeling today is every bit of a Wednesday as we record this podcast. Um, couple days after coming down off the high of uh the highs and lows of Cubs Con. No, it was mostly highs, wouldn't you say?
0: Oh yeah, it was definitely great to see everybody again. Super fun to hang out with all of our friends, um, both at the Sheraton and at Lizzie McNeil's uh, after on Friday night. It was great to see people. I mean, we can kind of jump right into it, but before we get into the nitty gritty of like, you know, what the ricketts said and what Jed said and what the players did or didn't say, I want to ask you like for your 1,000 foot view of CubsCon. Like we can get into the specifics of panels and stuff later, but Danny, you wrote a really great piece about what it meant to be back with our friends in person. And I kind of want to start with that.
1: All right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I've covered CubsCon in years past as you have as well. And um you know this year it was completely televised. So most people could watch it or there would be clips out there going out on Twitter and and everything that everybody said was already televised. So I didn't really have to hang on like everybody's word or go to all the sessions. I just enjoyed being back with all the people that I've met over the past decade or more. Uh, Going to Wrigley Field a lot, um, writing about the Cubs, traveling with the team, meeting people all over the the world at this point um, that are related to the Cubs. Like even the the I got the the wedding photographer slash DJ for my wedding through a Twitter Cubs follow, you know, so it's like, you know, there's just been a lot of people that I've intersected with. And a lot of them were there at Cubs convention, like you mentioned, Lizzie McNeil's and um. uh, my friend Corey Furlong Venmoed me hundred me, easy for me to say, Venmoed me a hundred bucks to buy um, a round or two at Lizzie's for whoever was around. I bought two rounds for whoever was around. Unfortunately, that's all that gets you at Lizzie McNeil's is like, you know, 10, 12, 13 drinks, something like that. But, you know, we just, it was just nice to see everybody singing with John Benedict, the Cubs organist, and, um, Josh, of course, uh, that we're singing along with them. Just, I mean, Joe from obvious shirts, hanging out with him, saying hi, Miguel, um, and, uh, Noah and Jorge from the Spanish language broadcast that I've been friends with over the, that I've become friends with over the, this past year, seeing them, there's just too many people to mention Cubs, Harry karaoke, you know, I mean, it's just, I just had a good time. I didn't, I went to one session. I went to Ian Hap's podcast. That's it. And I felt like I missed nothing. Like I had my own time. I just stood in the lobby and talked to people. Um, Bleacher Jeff was signing autographs. Like it was just good to be around every Jeremiah Poprocky, the Cubs new announcer. You know, like these are people that were like hired during COVID we didn't all get to hang out at a Cubs convention. And now it's like, there's a, it's passed to a new generation of like Cubs people, bloggers and announcers, like Cody from Chuggo got to hang out with him. Didn't really know him before. You know, seeing Luis and Ryan Davis. I mean, then Brett Taylor. I mean, just all the people all in one place. Wh- who needs sessions? Who needs to talk to Jed Hoyer? I don't know Jed Hoyer. You know, I'm there to see my friends, and I just had a wonderful time, and so that's what I wrote about. And and you too, of course. You know, I saw you at the thing, but um, yeah, I just I had a blast, and uh, thanks to everybody that said hi. And for me, I, I don't know. For me, that's what it's all about at this point, because the baseball. I mean, you let now we can get into the sessions unless you want to add on to what I said about our friends.
0: No, no. I think that that's right. I mean, the the friends is the most important part. I, I think about this Cubs community a lot. And I, yes, totally agree. Thank you to everyone who said hi. A few of you came up and said hi. Some of you took selfies. Some of you just wanted to chit chat a little bit. Uh, it was amazing. I enjoyed meeting every single person. I'm really sorry about the handful of people who were tra- I was chatting with in DMs and stuff who I wasn't able to catch up with during the convention we'll definitely do it next year um the people are the best part right like it's the best to hang out with evan and brett and like we were having this conversation about yeah like apparently aramis ramirez's last at bat was in the 2015 wild card game against the cubs against jake arieta and none of us have any memory of this we're fairly certain it's like the that Sinbad movie Shazam or like the Berenstein <laughs> Berenstain Bears thing that like everybody remembers differently. We're like, there is no way all of us forgot Aramis Ramirez's last at bat against Jake Arietta in that wild card game. There's just no way. And we were having such a fun time chatting about that. And there are, there are only a handful of people in the world who would appreciate what that conversation and what that at bat and all of us not remembering it would mean to all of us. And it was, it was just a lot of fun and I love being around Our people and I I, that's actually a really nice segue uh, in my opinion to the panels that I wanted to talk about which were specific the two panels I wrote about the family panel and the Judd Hoyer panel because I think that sometimes this front office and ownership group is disconnected from the fans and what the fans love about this team in their quest to put together like the baseball players they treat as widgets to eke out like 0.04 war more at <laughs> this platoon of some guy we never heard of with some other guy we never heard of. And I, and I found that disconnect to be prevalent in like every question that was asked of the ownership group, every question that was asked of the front office panel. So let's start with the ownership group because, and and I want to give props to the Cubs for a couple of things here. One, and I wrote about this, so it's in my pieces. If you want to go back and read those, those are still up at Bleed Cubby Blue. Um one, props to the Cubs for having convention at all. Like there are a lot of teams out there, and and to everyone who has DM'd me on Twitter or just replied to me on Twitter about this, who canceled their fan fests all together The White Sox are not having Sox Fest this year. The, you know, there are teams out there where Fans haven't talked to their owners in years. <laughs> so I recognize and, and appreciate that the Cubs showed up. The Ricketts took the stage on Saturday morning and the microphones were on for people to ask them questions. They got a bunch of questions about like, why isn't Sammy Sosa back in the fold? And they, they took all of those questions. Right. Yeah. And like, whether you like the answer or not is kind of irrelevant. Like they took the questions and that is important in and of itself. So props to the Cubs for taking the questions. And also, you know, fans don't like the sports book that is going up outside Wrigley Field. They don't like the fact that Sammy Sosa has not been welcomed back to this team for so long. They don't understand how a team that prints money can't sign big market deals. And Danny, I don't know that we got satisfactory answers to any of those questions this weekend.
1: No, no, they just they'll they have been telling you what they're doing this entire time. It's the fan base that doesn't want to listen to it because they because they don't understand why they would operate in the fashion that they're operating like they would love to be the Rays, and they want to operate that way. Like you said, like out the point for war, you know, I I looked it up today in probably a prelude to a conversation we're going to have on this show about Trey Mancini, Eric Hosmer platoon and I'm like okay you put those two guys together in some sort of weird alchemy and I guess you get the war of Anthony Rizzo but it takes double the at-bats or it takes like you know so you know so I don't know what they what this mad scientist uh, war alchemy they're trying to create but it's not that entertaining defense like Trey Mancini is going to come to the Cubs Eric Hosmer is going to come to the Cubs maybe they do something to get us all to like them and show up and be like, get a, sell it, buy a jersey or something. But I'm kind of doubtful. You know, these are shorter deals. These are, I mean, in Hosmer's case, it, they'd probably, if he didn't work out, they'd just probably just get rid of him in, in June or something, you know? But like, just because he's cheap. But yeah, it, the fans, they, Boog said something about it. I read it in your piece about they want the band back together. And that struck me. That really struck me.
0: I want to talk about that Boog quote because bad props to Boog Shambi for getting it. Like I know that there has been some consternation in Cubs land that like Boog's a national guy and he's not a Cubs guy and he doesn't get it. And I think Boog is starting to get it. And I remember Len kind of went through this too. Like there was that call of a walk off early in his time with the Cubs and everybody was like, this isn't exciting enough. And by the end, Len totally got it. And so I, I think Boog will totally get it too. But you know, Boo. So they had different moderators for each of the panels. Um, Cole Wright moderated the Ricketts panel. Ron Coomer moderated the coaches panel, right? Like they had different moderators for all these things. Like they always do. Boo Kiambi moderated the Jed Hoyer, Carter Hawkins panel. And he did not let them give consultant type answers to questions that fans had that were difficult questions. And so, you know, A fan asked about how do you let Wilson Contreras go to the Cardinals? And Jed Hoyer did his classic, like, oh, you know, it was really difficult. We have great conversations with Wilson and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we just couldn't come, we just couldn't see eye to eye on a deal. And, And, like, look, as far as you and I hear the same rumors, Danny, I don't think there was any offer made to Wilson Contreras since they tried to get him on a team friendly extension in 2017. I mean, you might say hi to that dude all the time on his way to the To the clubhouse, but he's you're not actually like negotiating with him or anything. You're going to let him walk in free agency. And I think the part of the problem that fans have with this front office is that though the conversations to get the guys to stay the actual negotiations to get the guys to be Cubs for life are not occurring. I mean, that question was followed up immediately by, like, a why didn't you try to re-sign Anthony Rizzo? He was available, and, you know, you're out here trying to a- get us excited about Eric Hosmer, and I, Trey Mancini was signed after convention, so nobody asked about Trey Mancini. But, like, you could have just gone out and gotten Anthony Rizzo, and every fan in Cubs land would have been happier about that, and there didn't appear to be any effort there. It seemed more likely that the Cubs were going to sign Jose Abreu than that they were going to sign Anthony Rizzo, which is yeah. bonkers from a Cubs fan base perspective and you know Hoyer tried to do the same thing. Oh yeah, my kid has Rizzo posters on the wall and I love these guys. And I, you know, I traded for Rizzo back in the day and dirt and I love him. And Boo to his credit followed up with that and said, but don't you see that yes, fans want you to win, but they want you to win with Rizzo and Baez and Bryant. They would rather win with their guys who they already love. Well I <laughs> players mean, are not interchangeable widgets to she- us.
1: I mean, but to be, that's true. But to be fair, we weren't winning with those guys. Like we we had those guys, we won with them and then it was over. Then they, their offense broke and they fell into in love with their guys. And we all saw what happened now. They just didn't thread the needle. Right. And that's fair. And you know, and I I feel like they've admitted that. I mean, at least Theo admitted it like at at, his way out the door.
0: They did, but, and here's my quibble with this and, Dear God, my mentions are going to get blown up here because dudes blow up my mentions on this every time I have this conversation. It is not an all-or-nothing proposition. The rule isn't you either extend all of the guys or you extend none of the guys. There was a way and there, for this team to extend a couple of guys. That's Pans. what every team is supposed to do. You know, the answer Hoyer gave on that Rizzo question, he's like – well, the Red Sox didn't bring everybody back when they won those three championships and from 2004 until like 2013. And it's like, actually, David Ortiz was on like all of those teams. Dustin Pedroia was on two of those teams. John Lester was on two of those teams, right? Like there were ways for them to pick one guy, Rizzo. Contreras, Schwer- I don't all, care. Pick we a we guy. Said, Pick one guy. Pick one guy and make him the guy. All the
1: fans, that's all the fans asked for, too. Because when we would have this conversation on the Sunranto show, I know we've had it a million times in the stands and, and the fans in the stands. Same thing. The conversation from 2017, 2018 on until they were all gone on Blue Friday was which one of them or two of them tops will they keep? And the answer was zero. So like, you know, and um, that's, and that's the one thing that nobody foresaw was the, the zero. Uh, And so, yeah, it was, it, you're right. It was one or the other and it didn't have to be that way. And also it's because it's an entertainment. And I think that's what we're talking about here. It's, it's beyond the widget thing. First of all, Anthony Rizzo, you keep him at first base. I'm not saying you win last year, but maybe you're doing something this year with Anthony Rizzo at first base, and you're not messing around with uh, Trey Has Hasmini or whatever we're doing now. When especially when you've got Mash Mervis, which that's got half the Cub fans uh, scratching their head because they want to see what he can do at the major league level. Well, now I don't know. There's no room. I mean, Trey maybe-
0: Hasmini is my favorite player mashup name. Yeah, Trey, the Trey Hasmini. Hasmini show that might be the that might be the episode name. Um, but really, like, I mean, the Mervis part of this is like, and we can just jump into it. Let's just jump in yeah. to so the Trey Mancini, Eric Mash Mervis stuff. Like, I, you know, I play a lot of fantasy baseball. I was actually just hanging out with some friends uh, from fan tracks over the Triple Play Fantasy pod last night talking about this. and And the fantasy community is baffled by this because if you have a prospect like... Matt Mervis. You have a team that is not all that competitive where a guy should be able to come up and get his reps at the major league level and see what he can do. That is what you should be doing. And instead the Cubs are like, can I interest you in Eric Cosmer? And I'm like, no, you, a- no, you absolutely that- cannot. The man has great eyebrows. He's very pretty to look at. And you cannot interest me in any of Eric Cosmer beyond that.
1: Yeah. Is Trey Mancini good looking too? I mean, is it at least a good looking platoon?
0: It, I suppose. It, Eric Cosmer is the strong side of the good looking part of that. platoon.
1: <laughs> Poor Trey. Uh, so yeah, it, man, it, it's a real head scratcher. Yeah. Why they wouldn't want to give it a shot, especially with a team that is built to be 500, whether they do better or worse than that kind of, it's got to play out. Um, but uh, you know, you don't have a situation where y- you've got your blocked like there's, you know, it's not like Mervis is, was blocked before the off season at all. Like, if anything, you're like, we'll pick up a righty, and then he'll be the the guy. Like Mancini's the guy they should have gotten. Like, I don't know what Hosmer's even doing here. Like, they might regret getting Hosmer at this point because they got him first. I don't know. I was like, you know, maybe they would have preferred Mancini, but he's like, ah, we'll have them both and drop Hosmer. I don't know.
0: One thing to keep an eye on with the Trey, Trey Mancini and- part of this that I. I don't know if if it's really sunk in for fans yet. Trey Mancini is primarily a first baseman and designated hitter, but he can also play a little bit of corner outfield. And I see this as being a depth piece in the event that they are unable to extend Ian Happ.
1: Yeah, and one of the things, yeah. yeah,
0: one of the things that I heard in the Hoyer panel in particular, and I think I wrote about this in the piece, but I'm I'm curious to see what happens here. You know, Jed Hoyer spent a lot of time talking about leadership skills and how rare it is to be a leader in the clubhouse and how great it is to see Ian Happ and Nico Horner develop those skills. And I'm like, then extend them, extend Ian Happ, extend Nico Horner. Where are the extensions for these guys? If they've got such great leadership skills, shouldn't you be trying to lock them up? And I am not like look, maybe they're just so close to the vest over there that nothing leaks out and, you know, we're going to find out about an Ian Happ extension right before the season and we're all going to be really happy about it. But I'm not hearing any rumors about that. Are you?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, didn't Bleacher Nation have a piece on it or something like that? I think I saw something going around. Was
0: that on about a actual have... front office rumor?
1: Well, it said, here's the headline. And Bleacher Nation really...
0: drives me nuts because they do the thing where they're like, People are saying, and honestly, a lot of times, and I love my friends of Bleacher Nation, so like, no shade. We've had this out on Twitter before. Like, this is not shade. They know I think this. Like, they'll do the thing where some national writer will speculate that the Cubs should try to extend Ian Happ, and they'll turn that into a rumor that says, there are rumors the Cubs are trying to extend Ian Happ, and it's like, yeah, I guess technically the rumor exists, but it's not coming from inside the house, so I don't care.
1: It says, um, per marquee, is what it says, and it's... Hoyer says, I can't tell you where those talks stand. I can tell you we have interest in both guys, Horner and Hap, keeping them long term. We have started the process, I would say with I would say with both. We have a dialogue with the agents. So, in other words, we have their phone numbers, we texted them and we're like, you know, they're in the process that they cannot okay. reveal. You know, they have meetings. So I don't know. I mean, but here's the thing. It's the same thing with like, uh, Bryant was that they give Kaplan, they tell him we absolutely offered him $200 million and this big extension and he didn't take it. And this, and Bryant's representative said, we never saw an actual offer. So if you're having conversations, that is different from here's the contract that we are offering you take it or leave it $200 million, uh, eight years, you know, whatever it was, the Bryant thing. I forget what it was. No opt outs, whatever BS, but then you can negotiate a contract. It's not just like, Hey, Woody, uh, maybe do like, I don't know, two ten? Like, what are you thinking about opt outs? Okay. Wait, wait, hold on. My lunch is here. I got to go. I'll call you back. You know, it's like, is that, that's not an offer. So that's probably what they're doing. And- I,
0: I think that's right. I mean, the only time that numbers have actually leaked out, the Cubs have started so low as to insult the player and the agent and they like walk away, right? Like this is what happened with Rizzo when they're like, we would like to extend you for five years, $70 million. And Rizzo was like, Paul Goldschmidt makes $20 million more than that, get bent and was <laughs> and just walked away, right? Like, and I honestly don't blame Anthony Rizzo for that. That is insulting given what he had done for this team and the deal that he signed, Uh, That was a team friendly deal early in his career. Like he, he deserved more than that. And I would have been insulted too. So it's, it's one of these situations where they, I agree with you. It's like, they're having conversations. Well, they had those conversations with Wilson Contreras. They had those conversations with, you know, Chris Bryant. I, the closest they got in my opinion to extending anybody was Javier Baez prior to the 2020 season, when it sounded like they were actually having like substantive, we've got numbers, you've got numbers, we're close. And then the pandemic shut everything down. Speaking of taking uh, a little bit of a break, uh, we are up against a break for our sponsors. But on the flip side, we have a lot more to talk about. We have more from these Cubs convention uh, panel takeaways. We're, we're going to go back to Correa gate where Carlos Correa is a twin <laughs> again. Who knew? Uh, and we're, and we're going to look at a little bit at this rotation, but first a quick break. All right, we're back. Uh, you know, I think that when it comes to these extensions, the thing to keep in mind is until there are actual front office rumors with numbers, I don't believe I don't believe in any of them. They are they are the tooth fairy to me until there is like a reasonable number that people are talking about that appears to be in the interest of both sides.
1: Yeah, no, I I think that is fair. I mean, it's brass tacks, you know, put up or shut up other teams have been able to, to do the Braves. You know, we always talk about with their extensions and, you know, and it's, at this point it's past an Ian Happ extension. Like it's now we're in this year, you know, like it's the same as like when people were like extend Wilson, it's like, yeah, we all said that like, but it wasn't really an extension at this point. Now it's a brand new contract. He's already in the years, already getting paid for this year. It's already happening. Um, so I mean, and here's the thing about if we can stay on Hap for a moment, uh, you know, talk about the not not treating these guys like widgets. Hap has been here a long time. He has not won the World Series with the Chicago Cubs. He would love to. He is great friends with Bleacher Jeff. He hangs he hangs out with He texts the fans, obvious shirts. You know, he's got his coffee thing going on. You know, I mean. He's got his podcast, you know, he's big with the fans. Like he is now at this point an obvious fan favorite. He did so much better last year when he could and this is Mike something Michael Cerami brought up when I interviewed him on the point. Yeah. On the Last Sun Ranto show cuz he he talks to Michael Cerami too. He said last year just knowing that he could play every day, he did so much better knowing that he was going to be in the lineup and that he wasn't going to go like over for four and not be in there for two more days and like with, like it was happening to him before it's like he finally felt comfortable both sides of the plate. He knows Wrigley fields, Uh, you know, Oh, you want that guy to be on the pirates now and go to his hometown team or something like that. And then he can show up freaking 12 games a year and, and kick your butt because the pirates are good now. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm just saying like, you don't take that situation and be like, Oh, he's old. And that's all he has to offer is declining. Um, is declining uh worth to the team. Cause I don't see that. So he's a dude that can lead the team quietly with, uh, you know, get a lot of respect um, from the younger players. I think a lot of them look up to him. I think he's a, a sensitive, thoughtful guy. I think he's intelligent and like, that's somebody you want around and it's they, I would love for them to announce an extension with Hap. You, yeah. you have to have some through line. Otherwise, it's just like you're building, you're knocking down. You're building, you're knocking down. It's like the Cubs did a lot of work this offseason to only get slightly better than they were last year.
0: I mean, here's my pushback on the Hap thing, and everything you just said makes sense. The The primo spot that he had at CubsCon for his podcast recording is also a piece of evidence that I'll throw in for your side of the argument here in terms of like Hap is becoming a fixture for this team, he is a guy you could build around and build your brand around, and and everybody would be happy with that. Here, Here's my one piece of pushback. The Cubs have a couple of corner outfield prospects and corner outfield prospect depth that makes any deal with Ian. It, it, it cuts against Ian Happ's ability to sign a big contract here. And one of the things that I have never heard a front office type say this, I've never read somebody else say this overtly, but my hunch in terms of one of the things that is keeping these extensions from happening is everybody knows the Ricketts family prints money and that the Cubs are a cash cow. The agents know it. The players know it. The fans know it. And so when agents are negotiating with the Chicago Cubs, they're not looking for some deal that's like, you know, on... A a nice deal, but in like the fat part of the bell curve in terms of what needs to happen for that player, right? Like they're not looking for an 80th percentile outcome. They're not looking for an 85th percentile outcome. They are looking to cash in the same way you would cash in if you were cashing in with the Yankees or cashing in with the Red Sox or cashing in with the Dodgers, some team that has money, right? Like nobody is, is out there thinking the Cubs don't have the money to do these deals. And so they're holding out for more. And Jed Hoyer doesn't have the holding out for more gene in him because he's like, well, you know, I can just pay Brennan Davis the league minimum in a year and a half. I can just pay Kevin Alcott or not, um, Alexander Canario, the league minimum in a year and a half. Oh, and Casey's two years away. Like, why don't we just pay him the league minimum and let Ian Happ go to Cincinnati? By the way, Ian Ian Happ will break in Cincinnati.
1: By the way, Ian Happ can play first freaking base. And by the way, Ian Happ came up as a second baseman. And by the way, there's a DH in the major leagues right now. Oh, and you know, like... I'm with
0: you, Danny. I'm just like playing devil's advocate here.
1: And plus, like, here's the thing. Ian Happ is not going to cost you what some of these super crazy contracts are going to cost you like what your Xander Bogarts is getting, like what your Trey Turner is getting. He's not going to cost that much. He is a corner outfielder. I mean, you know, he's, he's going to be get Andrew Benintendi numbers, you know, like that's what he's going to get like from the white Sox. like maybe a little bit more, but I mean, By the I, way, I'm just saying, how- he's not going to cost you a million dollars. And he's also a verse. He played center. You know, like he poorly, can play all Danny. The he,
0: he he played center poorly. Like the reason oh, yeah. Cody Bellinger is here is because the Cubs do not have a real center fielder. Can we can we pause on the Andrew Benintendi thing though? Because like we talk about, woe is the state of the the finances on the north side of Chicago. Why can't they do a big deal? It blows my mind that the Andrew Benintendi deal is the largest contract the White Sox have ever signed. Like that is pathetic.
1: <laughs> it's yeah, pathetic. I mean, no, it, Chicago baseball is is not. It's we deserve better. We all deserve better, and i mean, I'm even to the Sox fans that are listening right now. You know, we <laughs> all both five deserve, of you <laughs> all all five of you that just hate listen to us. But like, no, it's it, no, it's it's not a great. Uh, this this team. Now I don't know I, the the Cubs had so many holes to fill going into this offseason. That did they improve the team and? get real major league talent to come and play on the North side? Absolutely. Was it enough to win the central only if the other teams suck more? And that's the only way it's going it, to, you're not going to win the central, but you, you might sneak into it, but th- but you're not getting a wild card unless it's that third wild card. And like you had some fluky wins and you got 85 wins and it just, you know, it could happen, but it's all this like fringe. It's very fringy. It's very on that we're we're a middling team. Vegas certainly doesn't like us. Vegas has us as 10th worst. So like hey that's a,
0: that's in the 67th percentile, Danny. 69th percentile. Um nice. no, let me let me, I want I want to piggyback off that with a couple of things. You're absolutely Please. right. This team got itself to a position where they can hang around and be pesky if everything breaks right and the Cardinals or Brewers falter. They are not a team That is going to like, ooh, they're going to come out 13 and three and just like blow the doors off the NL Central. Like that is not this team. And if that's what you're expecting come April, it's going to be a really long season for you. I heard uh, C. Phillips, (laughs) who is in my Tout Wars League, um, on MLB Network yesterday or the day before talking about the Chicago Cubs. And I almost recorded the clip and shared it on Twitter because I thought it was so perfect about the state of this team. You should definitely go back and watch it. It was on Hot Stove. And he said, look, the Cubs had a nice offseason. They added guys who make this team better. Eric Hosmer and Trey Mancini and, like, whatever that platoon is at first base, like, that makes the team better. Like, Cody Bellinger's defense in center field makes the team better. Dansby Swanson and Nico defensively up the middle makes the team better. And also, this team still does not have the guy. There is not the stud baseball player in Chicago that you are building your core around. Like, St. Louis has two guys. They've got Paul Goldschmidt. They've got Nolan Arenado. Those are guys, right? Like, they have built around those guys. They added a Wilson Contreras. They've got a Tommy Edmund. Like, Goldschmidt and Arenado are guys. <laughs> like Those yeah. are the guys with a capital G. Like, you yeah. might just, like, capitalize the whole world word guys, right? Talk
1: about the eyeball test working. Because right. you look at them, you can see them from a rooftop across the street. And you're like, those are guys. Everybody else looks like tiny little ants next to those dudes. Yeah.
0: The Brewers have Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff anchoring their rotation to top of the rotation arms that everybody knows are top of the rotation arms. They aren't the guys. The Cubs don't really have guys. The Cubs have lowercase guys yeah.
1: <laughs> and they need guys. Well, like it, it's a number threes. Uh, in the pitching staff, in the starting rotation, maybe, I mean, you're looking for a breakout season from one of our guys, you know, like you're looking for Justin Steele to like strike out 200 somehow, you know, it's some, something crazy. Looking for Hayden Wisniewski to have a scoreless month or something crazy, you know, just, Something cool that could happen, and it's there's a lot of could's, and, and they've been focusing a little bit more on the drafting of pitching. So some of the strength is coming from the youth movement there, and the hitting is a little behind at this point. But did they didn't pick up enough hitting in the off field in the off season. Even Dansby Swanson, even though he's got some pop in the bat, he's he's not the hitter that some of these other shortstops that were out there and the, some of the offensive tools that could bring. So it doesn't really upgrade you that much. And the best hitter on your team last year is gone. So, right. th-
0: so like Danby Swanson for Wilson Contreras a bat to bat is just like a straight <laughs> swap as far as I can tell. Right. Like it's just not even, it's like, and, and, and this is the thing. And, and look, I get that everything I'm saying is very non-scientific right now. And I'm usually the stats girl. So I apologize. To people who are like, Sarah, where's the WRC plus? But like backing up these numbers, you're just asserting like capital G guys is a thing. But listen to me. <laughs> Xander Bogarts is a guy like Xander Bogarts is a dude that can anchor your lineup. And it sounds well, like the Cubs are having numbers. conversations with Xander Bogarts. Well, and look, somebody's going to come at me and say Dansby had a night- better season than Xander last season. And that is true. It is the one time that Dansby Swanson has had a better season than Xander Bogarts and good timing on his part. He did it in his walk year, but nobody believes that over the course of the next five years, Dansby Swanson is going to put up the same amount of wins above replacement as Xander Bogarts is going to put up over that same time period. They are one of those guys is a guy and one of those guys is a dude. And those are not the same
1: thing. <laughs> uh, somebody call obvious shirts. <laughs> like, we need uh, guys and dude shirts. Um, where are our guys? <laughs> yeah, where are the guys? Um, and I think they're coming, you know, like, uh, I, um, they had Mervis and uh, PCA Pete Carr. PCA
0: could be a guy. PCA yeah, could
1: they, be a guy. I mean, he just got out of A, so but he, he they were at Obvious Shirts, so you know, hopefully they're still around Obvious Shirts in three years when they're actually on the Cubs. But uh, you know, because apparently Matt Mervis that just didn't do enough in the minors to get the call. Um, but I I don't know. We'll see how they put this team together. At this point, you're just kind of looking at it, and I'm feeling 500, but I'm just – I got a good vibe at CubsCon. It might be the CubsCon talking, but I feel like these are more professional ball players who have been around the majors longer than are on this team. Like, French Wendell was a 32-year-old rookie, you know? Uh, you – Even Ortega was always a fringe guy, you know, and he's good. He's fine. But these guys are better than those guys.
0: Speaking of guys who could be guys, uh, (laughs) Christopher Morrell, the underlying numbers there are really intriguing to me. I was just, I've talked about this on a couple of fantasy baseball podcasts. And the thing that drives me nuts about the Christopher Morrell situation is that I don't think he's going to get the playing time to do what he needs to do here. Um, So Christopher Morel. It's a 91st percentile barrel rate and an 88th percentile sprint speed. Those are absurd numbers. His arm strength is also like 96th or 97th percentile. Like the tools are raw and they're loud and they're impressive. The guys who are in that conversation in Major League Baseball, the names jump off the page. It's like Julio Rodriguez, Byron Buxton, Teoscar Hernandez. Those are guys, right? Christopher Morrell has the tools to be a guy. But I don't know that he's going to get the playing time because he's going to have to fight Patrick Wisdom for playing time at third base. And then we've got Jed Hoyer at CubsCon saying, and this killed me, Danny, that Nick Madrigal is going to get <laughs> reps at third. And I'm just, why?
1: Why? Yeah, why? What's the point? He
0: can't throw from second. You want him to throw across the diamond? That doesn't increase his trade value. That makes you look like a fool.
1: Yeah. No, That it's frustrating to even think about Nick Madrigal on the team. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know what the, I don't know what their plan is. They've got, they've got all these like backup second basemen at this point. And, uh, well, and one of
0: them, Christopher Morrell is 23 years old and has really loud tools. And if he can figure out how to hit a breaking ball, that dude could play. Well,
1: well, I think that's the issue. Uh, There's that they just, he strikes out a little bit too much, but he, he's literally a rookie. It's like, can we take him, like, can we give him a moment? And I think you're right about the playing time thing. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of situations where guys like Christopher Morell come up for a year and impresses everybody, but there's just something that doesn't work, that's something that's, that's not working out for him. You know, like, he struck out 137 times in 425 plate appearances. That You know, maybe... That's, I mean, but they let freaking wisdom do it. (laughs) Why not letting uh, Morel do it? So yeah, it's, I don't know why they're not giving him the chance. I mean, he got a chance last year and we all liked it, but is it the strikeouts? Like, what is it that they don't like about him? I just worry. They, they just don't like good players, I guess. With Contreras, they're like, ah, he's too good. Best player of the team, you're out of here, buddy. You're too big for your bridges. Christopher Morel. oh, you're the best in the league. You hit the ball better than anybody. Nah, you're sitting on the bench, sucker.
0: I just worry, and we've talked about this before, so it's not going to be like a revelation to our listeners or anything, but you have one kid who you called up straight from A, who has loud, loud tools. And the underlying numbers are really impressive, and it's pretty clear that the kid just hasn't seen enough breaking and off-speed stuff to catch up to it, and he needs those at-bats to figure that out. Whether he gets those at-bats in AAA or at the MLB level is irrelevant to me. I just want him to play. The problem is that this front office is like, can we interest you in Zach McKinstry? What about Miles Mastrobrone? What about Nick Madrigal at third? And I'm like, if you can't tell the difference between Christopher Morrell and his 91st percentile barrel rate and 88th percentile sprint speed and Miles Master broni Bro- Bro- like, what are you doing? Why are you in charge? Go
1: away. Well, it's also like the lefty-righty thing that I think they're playing around with as well. So I was talk- having a conversation on Twitter about this, about – um, throwing Morel into the McKinstra Mastroboni Morel, uh, who else is Morel in there? is not
0: part of that. He's a t- fundamentally different player. He's twenty totally. three, twenty three, twenty four years old. Like that, 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 that about- hodgepodge of dudes: Madra, Madra, Madra Brony, Madra Brony, Kinstry, <laughs> Ma- Madra Brony, Kinstry, Kinstry is a totally different animal than Christopher Morel or Patrick Wisdom for that matter. Patrick Wisdom has a legit plus power bat. The dude put up a 220 ISO last year. He put up a 268 ISO the year before. That is crushing the baseball.
1: There's something that they like about McKinstry. They certainly let him play during fall training last year quite a bit. He got a lot of starts, and we saw I a lot get of him. It,
0: man. He I ended get up hitting five
1: home runs in that in that span. He didn't – because what it was he only up for like the last two months – what was that trade? What was the McKinstry Hold on a trade? Second.
0: You know what? I'm it, it was for um Chris Martin, the cold play reliever of Oh, the yeah, Dodgers. The cold
1: play. yeah, that's Give right. me one
0: second here, because I am just gonna I, I've not done a deep dive on Zach McKinstry because frankly well, I, I mean, like pretending yeah, I mean, he's not on the team. Were,
1: you exactly. Um, I mean
0: let me let me just like roll out some numbers here, because I just told you where Christopher Morellas lives in those barrel rate numbers, those types of things. It doesn't actually look um like McKinstry had enough playing time to really get comparative barrel rate numbers or whatnot from baseball savant, but his sprint speed is 77th percentile as opposed to uh, Morrell's 88th. His arm strength is 67th percentile as opposed to whatever high 90s number I threw out for Christopher Morell, And he had five total barrels last year for a barrel per- barrel percentage of 4.3%. Whereas Christopher morell had one second, my internet is working. Choo, choo, choo. Well, live radio, people, live radio, it's like it. me searching on the internet is is very very compelling. Podcasting. Well, I mean, Christopher morell and his ninety-one percentile barrel. Right, he had thirty-three barrels for a thirteen point four barrel percent. Like the difference between a guy who hits a barrel four percent of the time and a guy who hits a barrel thirteen point four percent of the time. Is, those are not the same thing.
1: No. And I'm, I'm looking at his minor league numbers just to see what they're seeing in him. First of all, he's 27 years old, not 23. And uh, se- second of all, he really does do quite well. Like triple a with the Dodgers. He has an OPS of nine Oh four.
0: He's Matt Caesar, Danny. Yeah.
1: Not a lot of pop in the bat. Like it, his number one year, he had 19 home runs in 2019 and that was like double what he ever had before, but maybe they were using that crazy baseball down there in 2019. They were, they were using
0: that is, that is the crazy baseball. And I'm pretty sure the Dodgers play in the division, like the West division or whatever, of triple a, which is, is notorious for having really inflated numbers because they're playing all of those Western ballparks have thinner air. Uh, is the shortest way that I can, is the best way I can shorthand this, which is why like Gavin Lux, for example, put up these huge power numbers in AAA and then came to the majors and was not that guy. And it's because he was playing in like Albuquerque and stuff. And like when you play in Albuquerque, you mash the baseball.
1: You're talking about the Pacific coast league. And then he was also, yeah, he had an OPS of 1.174 over there. So yeah, he, he loved Oklahoma city. Let me tell you. But um, yeah, so maybe this is like one of those like triple four a guys that, you know, they just think that there's just something they can fix and then he's going to be mash. I'm like, but he's 27 already. I mean, what are you, what are we doing here? Um, Maybe that's good that you're older. You fill out, you're just more of a, a guy at that point, but you know christopher little Murrell. g guy
0: little g guy
1: yeah ex- exactly i mean but then you why are you adding like Mastroboni to the list of all these i mean n- not all these guys are going to make the team too and then what the hell about david bodie they just went gave him millions of dollars and then released him to to just go play in iowa i guess as he's just like the richest man on the iowa comes for the next few years and, and we'll see him again if somebody gets hurt like i guess that's what it is
0: I mean, David Bode, God, of all, the the Cubs did not extend anyone except Kyle Hendricks and David Bode. David Bode. Um, David (laughs) Bode is an interesting case because David Bode has more upside to my mind than what Zach McKinstry did. I'm not going to lie. Like, Bode had a great glove, that could play at third base or second base. He was really like known for his defense and how he took grounders, his throwing arm, those types of things. He demonstrated enough power. I I think also in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, 2018, 2019, uh, when the ball was a little bit more juice that the Cubs decided to take a chance there and then injuries and whatever he did to his shoulder sliding into that base. um, He just hasn't been able to get it back pretty much at all. And like, look, I'm okay with the Cubs extending David Bodie. Like, take a chance on a guy like that. You didn't spend that much money. David Bodie gets some money and he'll be fine sometime in the future. He'll probably come back to Cubs cons for years and we'll get to see him and go, yay, David Bodie hit that grand slam that one time and it was great. Um, <laughs> but please be able to understand the difference between McKinstry, Madrigal, Master Brony, whatever that Bannon guy name, guy's name is. And Christopher Morrell, like Christopher Morrell. And and honestly, if you can't tell the difference and you're not going to give Morrell the playing time he needs to work out the issues that he has, just trade him. Because somebody is interested in a dude with a 91st percentile barrel rate. I promise they will give you something good for him.
1: Almost kind of reminds me of like Jamer Candelario in a way. And, you know, ended up on the, being a starter on the tigers and doing okay. Like
0: I don't think Jamer Candelario ever put up numbers, like what did. No,
1: I don't think so either, but it just kind of, it, you know, but somebody that came up, how about junior Lake? Like I always kind of want to compare everybody to junior Lake about a guy that comes up and just like hits, hits a ton and then they find the hole in his swing and then he bats 200 forever. And maybe we'll hit you eight bombs, you know, like, yeah, I, but I, I just don't...
0: think it's too early to say that they found the hole in Christopher Morel. He came from double A to the majors and got exposed by breaking stuff. And I, that's this, normal. This,
1: and his backstory too, about getting so injured that they never, he, he got doesn't have feeling normal.
0: in his left hand.
1: Yeah. they Maybe that's why it's like, it's a Correa type. The doctors <laughs> said they're like, we don't know how he's doing it. It's like a rookie of the year situation that, you know, he, the doctors made him stronger. After you know- the accident, but he, here's a man who's with who's worked his way back from some incredible adversity. So don't count him out and and to work hard like that. And for Wilson Contreras to be such an inspiration to him, how Wilson always improved and got better and always was the spark plug of the team. I, I mean, it's hopefully Morrell gets his reps, you know, because I'd rather see them, like you say, either ship him out or ship somebody else out to make more room for him. Like trade. Trade Patrick wisdom. Sure. Somebody
0: know. wants 30 home runs. Patrick wisdom will hit you 30 home runs. Let yeah. Christopher Morrell play. Yeah. You know, even- not-
1: go ahead. Well, now you took away the, cause the idea was like, Oh, wisdom and Mervis platooning at first and Morell will play third. And then they fringe out from there. And you know, that is obviously not the case at this point. Cause they went and got two, two for first major league, first baseman. They have two already. They don't yeah. need him.
0: What did you call yeah, it's, them? A, it's, Has, it's weird. Nance Hosmer? Hans Hansini? Has it
1: <laughs> Trey Hassini.
0: You know, you mentioned Carlos Correa there. I'm Hasmini. gonna transition really quick because that is the big news from around the league. I dude, stay in line if you're interested in signing Carlos Correa. He went back to the Twins and the deal looks nothing like the deal that the San Francisco Giants and the New York Mets were offering. There originally, I've never seen a saga like this where a player's injury has taken them from a 12 year $350 million deal through three teams all the way down to a six year $200 million deal with a bunch of, he's basically got like four years of uh options there that all vest with playing time so as long as he gets a certain number of plate appearances each season he's going to get more money and that deal could get closer to that 300 million mark that he was looking at before Danny what do you make of all of this
1: I mean it's it's kind of messed up because it's usually MLB contracts like seem more guaranteed and this one like breaks in some non guarantees. So if he doesn't like, let's say just one might even be unrelated to the injury he has, but if it's an at bat situation and he hurts his arm, uh, just sliding in to first base breaks his wrist or something like that. And then, um, sliding into first base, never slide into first base What sliding into a base. And then he, he, you know, he breaks his arm and he misses half a year. He's not going to make, those at bats because of an unrelated situation and that could happen to anybody at any given time in a physical sport. So I, it's kind of, um, I'm surprised that he would go for such a thing. It's still a lot of money, no matter how you cut it. It's still one of the biggest contracts of all time in many respects. You know, the AAV is high. Um, you know, I'm happy for the twins cause it's bad for the white Sox, So that's good for us on the North side, on the North side. Well, um, you know, and I like that it's the twins and the fact that it's it is a smaller market team now with a big star. I'm rooting for Correa to to do well and to bring um, and I, there's a vesting in which it the, doesn't it become a ten year contract at some point.
0: Yeah, with if so, if I remember correctly, and I don't have the table in front of me, but it's like he has to hit like. 570 some odd plate appearances the first year and then he gets more money and then it it scales down from there. So it's like 550 the next year, he gets more money, 520 the next year, he gets more money. So there's like some built in
1: progression
0: of like, maybe, you know, we don't expect you to be on the field 100% of the time when you're like 35. And also if you're, if you're not getting 508 plate appearances, you're not going to get this $30 million or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. And so it's pay for performance, which I'm just saying that that's, not usually that, that hasn't been how it works. No, it hasn't been. So I think it's interesting that they had to go that far to get a deal done. So as every single big player contract tracked like this ends up affecting the player contracts in the future, I'm interested to see if we see more and more of this for these really large, crazy contracts. I, so. I
0: agree. And I, I I sort of think that agents and the MLBPA would be against these type of contracts with like all these heavy, like, if you don't get 550 plate appearances, you don't get your money type of, type of contingencies. Like it's a lot of plate appearances and it's a lot of money. Um, And so I'm curious to see if other teams try to, t- try to structure deals like this and how much pushback they get from agents and players. Um, I'm also a little bit curious to see, You know, one of the tidbits that I thought was really interesting here is that apparently the Giants and Mets both used the same doctor to evaluate this MRI. And so it's like, of course the Mets were going to turn it down. The same ankle specialist who... Told the giants, yo, you should not do this, was the guy advising the Mets. So I'm just like, why did why did this take a month and a half to resolve? Was it,
1: was it Dr. Nick from The Simpsons?
0: <laughs> I hope so. Hi, everybody.
1: <laughs> Hi, I'm Dr. Nick. Nick. <laughs> Let's take a look at that ankle, Carlos.
0: <laughs> God, that's a perfect note to end on. Uh, Danny, you had something you wanted to share with our listeners, and then I know, um, you know, you plug your own work where you're, what you're doing, where you're doing. Yeah. Stuff. Well,
1: it's just, just real quick. Um, I'm, every year I make a ranter calendar, which we call ourselves the sun ranter ranters. We're kind of a, you know, the sun ranter show, if you haven't listened to it, is a, more of like a community based kind of Cubs pod Cubs live podcast. Um, and anyway, uh, we, we just do a lot with each other and for each other and community events and, um, so one of the things I do every year is make a calendar and in the calendar, I have my pictures from the last year and also um, everybody can buy, who buys a calendar can get their picture in the calendar on their birthday. So if you buy the calendar, then you email me a picture and tell me what your birthday is and it goes on to the Sunranto Ranters calendar and um, you know, you just, everybody gets one every year and then, they put their family members in it. And then it's just like a great way to like build our Cubs fan community. Kind of like what I was writing about on uh lead cubby blue with my Cubs convention experience. Like this is all just a big family. And this is just one of those things to make people like me it, have a family with people like you, like Sarah's she's always in the calendar. Um, and uh, you know, and there's fun Cubs dates, the whole schedules in there and um, including spring training. And um, I don't know. We just have fun. Like I put like, you know, weird stuff like you know the like a Ricketts getting booted Cubs convention. Like that's a date you know on the calendar, or just like Ernie Banks's birthday, or you know just Cubs related things that we would want to know about. That for some reason the Cubs don't make. They don't make that calendar, so I make the calendar, and you can buy it. Um, it's at sunranto s o n r a n t o dot com slash calendar. Just go to sunranto.com dot com or click calendar. It's right there. It's thirty bucks. And I know that's a lot for a calendar, but it's just like, I really do spend a lot of time putting this thing together and it's not cheap to print up calendars. You might not be surprised to find that out and ship them to you. So that's just why it costs that much, but it's worth it. And I think you'll like it. It's a very original thing to have and um, buy one for you, buy one for your mom, buy one for your sister. Um, It's awesome. And everybody loves it. And they always thank me that I'm doing it again. So it's, yeah, I love the
0: calendar. Uh, I have been in the calendar and I've gotten a calendar each year and I'll get one this year too. So um, definitely take Danny up on that. It's it's a fun calendar and you'll see a lot of people like if you're a big Cubs tweeter or you follow the Cubs communities or you're just on BCB a lot, you'll see a lot of people who you know from comment sections and who you've interacted with who are in the calendar and then you'll know their birthdays and you can tell them all happy birthday. Uh, and it's just a nice way to sort of see wrigley field and cub stuff all the time every single day when you look at your calendar um so where sunranto.com slash calendar danny is yeah, that right yeah and
1: yeah, and there you'll see. I put Captain Cubbo on the cover of this one because it, he was in a lot of my pictures from this year. I be, became great friends with Roberto over this uh, past year, and and uh, you can also see some sample pages of last year's calendar. So if you've never seen what it looks like, how everybody's pictures are on their dates, and like some of my photography, and like the jokes I kind of put into the to the calendar and stuff i've said calendar a lot in the last minute and i'm really sorry about that now it's feeling weird it's not an easy word to say with that l right in the middle but um anyway it's all the their sample pages just go check it out it's it's kind of like it's and it also will help uh just the the money i do make on it it's all going into the bleacher bum band album which we're hoping to have done by uh opening day so it's all going you buy a calendar it goes right to a drummer in Serbia. I'll explain that later, but that's what's happening.
0: <laughs> Stay, come back for our next episode where Danny talks about drummers in Serbia. Uh, Danny, where else can people find your work aside from calendar stuff? Uh, yeah, well,
1: sunranto Show, we go live once a week. Right now, it be Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Central uh, on all my social channels, S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O, um, on Twitter and Facebook and Insta and YouTube and all those places.
0: Awesome. Uh, You can find me at at BCB underscore Sarah on Twitter, Insta, Mastodon post. I don't know. I think I think we're past the point where we're worried about Twitter imploding, but I still have all these other accounts now, just in case. So if if you're on those places, you can find me there Um, and you can, of course, uh, read my takes on all of these signings and the very mid-2023 Chicago Cubs at Bleed Cubby Blue. Until next time.